in the land of Canaan really is what lies before us as believers and as the church. There are enemies in the land that must be dispossessed. That's what it was all about. In reality, those, those inhabitants of the land, they were trespassing on God's territory. And they needed to be dispossessed. We are God's territory. Do you get that? Do you hear what I'm saying? And those, those inhabitants, they need to be dispossessed. They need to be thrown out. The promise was, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, that have I given you. And do you know what have I given you is? It's past tense. It is an, it's a done reality. It is done with. Ephesians 1.3 says, says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. These are not things that we go into our saved life to obtain. But these are things that are given to us. They are already there. But why do we not always see it manifest in our lives? We already have those promises. We have riches in Christ. That is a reality. He has already blessed us. It's already done in heavenly places. It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. uh, That we pray that his will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We already have that reality, that heavenly reality of who we are in Christ. And I pray that the Lord's will be done on earth in our lives as it is in heaven. So, why haven't the waters already parted for the church so many times? Why hasn't the church really crossed over? And I'm especially thinking of the church in the West. Uh, The old barriers seem to still be there. And it's as if the church is waiting. Well, okay. All right, waters part. I command you in Jesus' name, waters part. I guess, you know, you could get really bold like that. Part, I tell you. Maybe anoint it with oil. And that was not the word. And if we can read it right here in Joshua chapter 3. And in verse 13, it shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord. The Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off. As soon as the feet, as soon as you put your toes in the water, as soon as your feet rest in the waters of Jordan, and not until then, the God of all the earth, he will part the waters. So what are we waiting for? And I I do, I see this. I see this so often in my own life and in others. We're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting to to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. When he's saying, put your feet in the water. Take take that step. The, The Christian life is by faith. There's no faith in standing back and waiting for the waters to part. We put our feet in the water 
And he does the parting. He, he made the promise. We know it's real. We know it's true. But he's saying, walk, walk, walk. When the ark carried by the priests, and the ark was the very presence of God, when, when those priests' feet hit the water, the waters parted. And we have Christ in us, the very presence of God, wherever the soles of our feet tread. That has he already given us. Because we carry his image, the very presence of God. We have a land in the promises of Christ full of the abundance of Christ. He said that he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that more abundant life is him. <laughs> he is that more abundant life. I know people preach that that's somehow money or cars or something like it. It has nothing to do with it. His life is so much more abundant than our life that we came into this world with. And that's that new life we're living. You know, somebody does need to hear this. That when the church, that beautiful bride of Christ, enters the waters, when that church walks, man, things are going to happen. When you step forward into it. The Holy Spirit is urging us. Compassion is rising up in us. That we will, we will be impelled toward the need. That we will be impelled toward the, His will that He has for us. He has something for us to do. And, and the Holy Spirit within is, is love that is impelling us. It's compassion rising up. Oh, God, I see this need, and I must, I must go to that need. I don't have to give to him. Yeah, I don't have, you know, it's like Peter and John. I don't have that, you know, that, those coins to put in there. But what I have, I can give to you, and that is the power of God to meet that need that I have seen. And, it, and I'm, the reason I'm seeing it, it has risen up in me by the Holy Spirit, and he is impelling me toward that need. And when you reach that need, you don't have to find the goods to meet that need because he, he will gift you. That's where the gifts of the Spirit come, come forth. He will gift you. He will give you the power of God to come forth to meet that need. You and God make an overwhelming force. Just like God and Israel made an overwhelming force. Doing goofy things like walking around Jericho seven days. And then the walls fall down flat. Awesome, God. Awesome. The church and God make an overwhelming force that cannot be stopped. We can only stop ourselves. Israel was often stopped. So who stopped them? I'm going to say Israel. Compromise. Fear. I mean, they were warned over and over again before they ever left Egypt. When Moses was talking to them, they were warned over and over again that they were not to marry those in that land. The inhabitants of the, the, inhabitants of the land 
did not belong there. They were to be dispossessed. And they were not to make alliances with them. They were not to marry them. Because if they did, their hearts, the hearts of Israel, would be turned. And they would begin to worship their idols. You know, the world is not a comfortable place. We are strangers in a strange land. Is that Heinlein or something? We are. We are, we're pilgrims. Say it in a more religious way. We're pilgrims in this land that we are occupying for this time. And we're occupying it for, for Jesus. I mean, Jesus said, till I come, occupy. What does that mean? I mean, like Israel, the only way that they were going to inhabit the land was to go there. They had to walk. They had to go from place to place and dispossess the inhabitants of the land. They, it wasn't going to happen by just sitting there. And we need to hear this. There are so many hurting people that need Jesus. And they're not going to, to have that need met by us just sitting there. By just coming in and saying, okay church, I'm here in the church, meet my need. Your need has been met in Christ. There should be a holy, beautiful, close um, uh, love in the body of Christ that makes us brave to do the things that he's called us to do. We hold one another up so that we can. But it's not the place that we come to say, well, here I am, take care of me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what has happened to Jesus' beloved bride, his church? I mean, she's found a comfortable spot and she's compromised with the inhabitants of the land. And I'm thinking again of the church in the West. It's probably the church everywhere. She's found that comfortable place. We have our little niche in society. We'll go ahead and do what we do over here. And, and you know, we'll coexist comfortably with everybody else. And everything's going to be fine. Um, in Isaiah. Isaiah 36. This is something I just came across in my reading. And I said, oh yeah, this thing. Uh, it, is, it is. It's awesome. Isaiah 36 was during the reign of King Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was, you know, he, he walked in the ways of the Lord, but he did not finish well. Which makes Hezekiah like a majority of men in the Bible. And I, I, I just bring that out as a side note, as a cautionary note. That it's, it's easy to begin well. But it's... Uh, Few finish well. And, and it's an encouragement that, that we have him with us, in us, always with us. And that we can finish well. I don't know how short the time is, but I mean, it sure feels short to me. And I want to finish well. 
Amen. Uh, so in, here in, uh, uh, with Hezekiah, here comes the king of Assyria, who was uh, Sennacherib. And he sent this guy, Rabshakeh, to go uh, kind of pull the chain of the Jews. And he makes all these boasts. You're not going to be able to stand against us. Everywhere we've gone, we've taken those nations' gods. They didn't stop us. And who do you think your God is that he's going to stop us? Whoa. As soon as he started saying that, he was starting to walk on pretty thin ice. Uh, In verse 13, for instance, Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and said, Hear ye the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. The great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, thus saith the king. Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Neither let Hezekiah make you to trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be delivered into the hand of the, of the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah. Don't hearken to him. For thus saith the king of Assyria, make an agreement with me by a present. You know, just give me that thing that I want. Just give me that little that, that little thing that I want. And come out to me. And then, you know, eat every one of his vine and every one of his fig tree and drink every one of the waters of his own cistern. You know, if you'll just do that part, if you'll just give in over here, if you'll just give me what I want, everything's going to be okay. You'll be at peace. It's going to be okay. And then the next verse is, until I come and take you away to a land like your own. He was like, it's, you won't have to fight so hard. Just, you know, give up. I'll take care of you. It's going to be okay. And we're to make no alliance with darkness. I mean, what, what agreement has light with darkness? What concord, concord hath Christ with Belial or Belial, however you like to pronounce it? There's no agreement there. Those things should always be at odds. But Satan's temptation is, you know, just lay down your arms. Just come to me. Give me that little thing that I want. It'll be okay. I'll stop bothering you after that. That's really what he was saying. You know, I won't bother you. Just, just be cool. <laughs> I'll make it easy for you. Until it's not. Right? Until he comes to take us away. And Jesus' heart for his bride, the church. Oh my gosh. You know, when I, when I met Wendy, my wife. Um, and I met her out in the parking lot here. Uh, with the, that uh, Christmas outreach we did that... Uh, that Michelle uh, so beautifully led for those years. And I mean, the Spirit of God just rose up in me. And I just think of Jesus, how his heart leaps for his bride, the church, and for each one of us. Um, and when, you know, when we've started seeing each other 
and we met in Lafayette, and I took her on a date, and she put her hand on my arm. I just, I just trembled with excitement. I did. Uh, and, and, and there was so much anticipation. You know, I thought that area of my life was over and done. And, and then this began to happen. And, and then I, um, with all of my heart and all of my effort, began to woo her. Just like Jesus has wooed us. He came looking for us. And he has wooed us. And when she finally said yes, when we finally believed, the joy that filled my heart. It says there's joy in heaven, you know, when a sinner repents. What joy there is. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and then it was, you know, when she said yes, it was like, she's going to be my bride. We're going to have that celebration. We're going to have that marriage feast. And my head began to be filled with plans. I go to make a place for you. Don't you worry. There are many mansions in my father's house. I go to prepare a place for you. How beautiful the marriage supper of the lamb. I mean. And you know of course she lived two and a half hours away. And. Uh. You know, I was like, well, that's kind of far. I don't think I'll be able to come very often. She was working her schedule. She, did, she wasn't going to be coming this way. I could probably make it about once a month. And she was like, okay, okay. Now, every week, it was Highway 190 all the way out there to Kinder and out to the farm every week. And you know, Jesus, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's always there. Always, always there. And how he rejoices in his bride, the church. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And in verse 2. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. There, God has a, a, a holy jealousy. Jesus is jealous for his church. And his betrothed, you know, his intended, his, the one he's uh, put the ring on is, is unfaithful. You know, we're not the, we are not the perfect uh, bride-to-be. Full of compromise. Full of idols. And so often the church is like Hosea's wife. And I'd just like to take you there briefly. This was something I added this morning. Uh, we got Daniel, Hosea, uh, chapter 2. And you know, Hosea was... A prophet that, that the Lord came to and said, I want you to marry this woman. Not a good person. It's actually a, a prostitute. I want you to marry her. And Hosea's, okay. And he did. And, and she was unfaithful. And what a picture that is. But, but what a picture Christ is. In chapter 2, 
verse 5, and I'm, I'm skipping over a lot of the background here, but in verse 5, for their mother, and this is talking about the woman that, that Hosea married, their mother hath played the harlot. She that hath conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I'll go after my lovers. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to where I was. I'm going to go back to those that took care of me. That give me my bread and my water, my wool, my flax, my oil, my drink. Therefore, the Lord says, I will hedge up your way with thorns. I'll hem you in. It's kind of like the, the work of the Holy Spirit where he convicts us and he hems our way in. When we go astray, I will hedge you in. And she shall follow after her lovers. She shall not overtake them. She shall seek them, but not be found. In other words, they will forsake her. She went back to her, her same old used to be, the things that had, had sustained her before, her pleasures that she had had before, and they forsake her. And she finds herself all alone, broken, In sin, dirty, the lowest of the low, no place else to go. And in chapter 2, well, I suppose we could read verse 13. I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them, even her idolatry. You see that? And she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. And she went after her lovers and forgot me, said the Lord. His response, listen to this. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I'll woo her. I'll go after her. I, I, will, I will allure her. I will draw her to myself. And bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably to her. I will give her her vineyards and, and all these other things. He goes on to say, I'm, I'll, I will dress her in the finest pure linens. I will put jewels on her hand. And I will make her mine. And this is what Jesus has done for the church. When we have forsaken him. And we've gone back. And we found what gave us sustenance before to be empty. To have left us wanting. At that time he comes to us and draws us to himself. He's given us the Holy Spirit to convict us. And to take us up out of that and to wash us. Thank God for the gift of forgiveness. You know I've cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, I, I, I will remember them no more. I'll bury them in the deepest sea. How beautiful God is. How beautiful, how beautiful is the love of Jesus. And you know, I mean, the Bible tells us that there will be a great falling away. We might be in the midst of it. You know, it might have started with COVID. A great falling away. In the church, I'm talking. But there will also be a tremendous revival. Not now, not ever, you know, there's a, like I said, a falling away, but there will be those who follow the Lord. And it's going to be glorious. Those that remain will be revived gloriously. 
uh, Ephesians chapter 5. You know, we, Paul springs, uh, he springs one on us here in Ephesians 5. We think he's talking about husband and wife. But then he says, yeah, but I'm speaking of Christ in the church. I like that. Yeah, but. Um, Ephesians 5 verse 25. 25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And think of the sacrifice that he made. You know, we commonly think of the, of the betrayals and the, the beating and the suffering. And then his death on the cross. Or, or we think of his time in the garden when he was, you know, sweating as it were great drops of blood. All those things. But there's really, there's more. He never did get that joy as a grown adult man he was of leading a bride to the canopy of marriage and, and joining together in marriage. He gave that up for us so that he could have us as his bride. He never had the the joy of a newborn, his newborn baby, his first baby, holding in his hands. You know, this is blood of my blood. This is my flesh that has come into the world so that he could bring many sons to salvation. That's our Jesus. He said, I will forgive their unrighteousness. Our sins are buried in the deepest. You know, God says that he remembers them no more. How am I to respond to such a love? How am I to to respond to, to the longing that he has for me? How am I even to respond to the kind of provision that he's given to me? Such accomplished realities in Christ. And I will say, walk. This goes back to Joshua on the, and, and the children of Israel on the banks of Jordan. You have to walk. You have to put one foot in front of the other. We are not to stand still. We are to move forward. He's given us land to occupy. He's, and, and that land to occupy is both within and without. All that land that God had made promise, both to Abraham and then later to Moses and then to Joshua, you'll find that the, that the borders of the land are actually detailed. Israel, at its greatest extent under David, occupied roughly a third of that. Definitely somebody stopped short. They never walked all the way. They, they walked so far, well, this is pretty good right here. And pretty good is not for us. You know, this is for the glory of Christ. He's worth it. He's worthy of taking that next step. And the step after it. And the step after it. And if you're feeling like you're stuck. If you're feeling um, uh, flat. 
and, and you've, you've, you've settled where you are, today is a good day to stand up and take that next step and the next step and the next step. And you, it's like, well, Lord, where do you want me to go? Take a step. He will guide. He's faithful to guide. I've walked around life not, with no idea where I was going. And in retrospect, when I look back, he has faithfully guided And he does the same for all of us. Will you take the next step? Will you do that? And I'd just like to close here in 1 John. And look, don't let fear stop you. You know, part of stopping and taking your ease where you are is one way that Satan tempts us. He tempts us with pleasure or with ease with comfort and that i think is the main temptation we've suffered in the west we've got a lot of ease we have a lot of abundance we have a lot of comfort when we can just stop here but when times get tough and when we don't respond to his temptation then the next temptation is pressure he begins to press he begins to press and and in first john chapter 5 To me, this addresses this. Or chapter 4, I'm sorry. Uh, Verse 16. We've known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And we are in the day of man's judgment. We're in a day of increasing pressure that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Do you get what I'm saying? As he is, seated at the right hand of God, which the Bible speaks of us being seated at his right hand. As he is, so are we in this world. We have land to occupy. We have a thing to do. If we don't know what it is, and I don't really, take the next step. He's faithful to guide. We will find ourselves doing what he set out for us to do. Take the next step. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I mean, we love him because he first loved us, right? But if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that he who love God, love his brother also. We have an ocean of need before us all. And the love of God, the compassion of Christ rises up in us to that need. When we see that need, that's the Holy Spirit rising up in us. That we see a need within here. That we see a need without. So many lost and suffering who need Christ. Then we're impelled by the Holy Spirit to that need. And when we get there, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do? It's His power. He brings it forth. And 
when the pressure came, like in Acts chapter 4, when the pressure came and the, and the pressure from outside came, don't you talk or speak in this name again. They prayed for more boldness and the place was shaken where they were assembled. May we have that boldness and that fearlessness. He's going to catch us. We don't have to know everything that's before us. We don't have to have a plan. He has a plan. Next step, next step, next step, next step, next step. I think I'd like to take a minute and just have everybody rise if you would. And if you just close your eyes. And be praying, God, where have I been? Where, where am I now? What is it that you'd have me to do? Where have I not walked that you would have me walk? But Lord, you've already filled me. You've already enabled me. You've already made provision for what you have for me. You've already done everything. You're always with me, Lord. You forgive me. You wash me. You wash the church and make her a glorious bride. Be with me, Lord, as I take this step of faith. Be with me, Lord. Glorious is your name. You're worthy to be praised. And we walk forward with with gladness, with thanksgiving and praise on our lips.